Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, March the 21st, 2023, and so glad that you are on today. We are continuing our journey through the New Testament this year, and we are today on Matthew, uh, in Matthew chapter 20. And so tomorrow we'll jump over to Mark chapter 10 um, and then finish out the weekend, the Gospel of Luke. So Matthew 20 today, Mark 10 tomorrow, and then uh, in the Gospel of Luke on Thursday. All right, let's do it. Welcome, everybody. Thank you guys for taking time to be on today, spending some time in God's Word. Thank you for liking, sh- uh, sharing, subscribing. Um, appreciate that. Um, here we go. Let's do it. Matthew 20. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. See what the Lord has to say to us today. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for the vineyard. All right, so kingdom of parable, obviously. Um, a, a kingdom parable, king, most parables were about the kingdom, uh, but this is about a parable about what the kingdom of God is like. So it's like a landowner who went out early in the morning and hired workers, so day laborers. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them out into his vineyard. So he agrees on a wage for the day. They're like, yep, we'll do it. So they go out and, um, and work. About nine in the morning, so mid-morning, they went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. Hmm. So they trusted him. They just went out, 9 o'clock. So some start, you know, from the crack of dawn. you got another set of folks who are hired at 9 o'clock. He went out again about noon. And about three in the afternoon, and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others. So all throughout the day, he's hiring different people at different times. And so he goes out at five. He asked them, "Why have you been standing here all day long, not doing anything, uh, doing nothing? Because no one has hired us." They answered. He said to them, "You also go and work in my vineyard." When evening came. The owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired going to the first. So he pays the ones that got hired at the, you know, five o'clock. Then then he pays the ones who who came in at noon. Then he pays the ones who came in at 9 a.m. And then lastly, he pays the ones who were there, you know, uh, from from the first minute of the day. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. Wait a minute. That's what he was going to pay the guys that would start the day. So when those who were hired first, they expected to receive more. Well, naturally, yeah. 
but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. That's not fair. We worked all day, and we got paid this. Why are those, why are they we getting the same thing as the ones who came at the fifth hour or the, at five o'clock in the evening? Um, those who were hired last worked only an hour, they said, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who has hired last the same as you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? Hmm. So the last will be first and the first will be last. That's a great, man, that's an interesting parable, right? You can kind of, you, you can relate to the workers, of course. I've been working all day. Why should the guy that comes out in and basically comes in, clocks in, clocks out, gets paid the same as me, who's been working all day? Um, and so in what sense is this like the kingdom, right? Because this is a kingdom parable. This isn't about, um, this isn't about good business practice. That's not what this parable is about. This parable isn't about how to run your business or how you should treat workers or whatever. This uh, is a kingdom parable. It's a it's a story created to tell us something, to give us insight into the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus says, those who have eyes to see, let them see. Jesus told parables so that those uh, who had eyes to see would see, but those who could not see would be ever seeing but never perceiving, never getting it. Um, so what is he trying to tell us? Um, I think it's quite natural to think that we, you and me, believers, are the workers, right? We're the workers in the kingdom. The landowner, I think, is naturally the Lord. Um, I don't think that's a big jump. He's the, He owns everything. We, we are his slaves. We are his servants working in his vineyard. And, um, and when we... When we come to him, you know, we come into the kingdom. Uh, we're, we come in by grace. We come in um, unmerited favor. It's all a gift. And he invites us in, and we say, yes, I, I accept this invitation to the kingdom. And you could look at it a couple of different ways. Um, it, it could be related to time. Why is it that the person who, you know, served their whole life, served Jesus their whole life from the you know, essentially the moment of conception, they were raised in a Christian home, they always seemed to have a relationship with Jesus and continued that faithful relationship all the way through their lives. Why do they get the same reward? Why do they get the same reward as the person who um, receives Christ on their deathbed? Uh, why is that Why? Why is that the case? Uh, so you can look at it that way. And it's like, and Jesus is like, well, don't... Um, the kingdom, it's the same reward, right? <laughs> and God has the right to invite anyone in. It's like the thief on the cross, right? Um, the thief on the cross. We're moving towards Good Friday here pretty soon. And we'll be talking and thinking about the cross. In fact, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, I'll be talking about, you know, why did Jesus have to die? 
But the, for the sake of our discussion right now, it's just like the thief on the cross, right? Right, I mean, literally, the last moment of his life, um, he turns to Jesus and asks him to, re he said, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And Jesus says, surely today you will be with me in paradise. So why does that person get the same reward as the person who has lived for Jesus their entire life, done all these good things, done all these wonderful things for the kingdom? Because it's, uh, it's the generosity and graciousness of God. Um, and, um, and so you, you think about the, uh, that criminal on the cross, you know, he gets to heaven and it's like, he doesn't know anything. <laughs> he gets to heaven, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't have any biblical knowledge. People are like, hey, do you know what it means to be saved by grace through faith? No, uh, what is that? Have you read the, the writings of Paul? Huh? Who's that? Um, have, you, have you talked with Peter? Who's Peter? Um, do you know what sanctification is? Sancti what? Um, well, what, what makes you think you deserve to be in heaven? That man over there said, I, he invited me in. <laughs> that man over there, that, that criminal, that, that one that was hanging on the cross beside me said I could come. That's enough. That's enough, you know? I think when we work, um, it's a lesson on gratitude, right? Just the, the people who enter into the kingdom early should be grateful that they were able to spend their lives in such a beautiful kingdom working uh, for such a uh, benevolent master that is the Lord and that he graciously guided our lives and enabled us to, to uh, work this field and to lead others into the kingdom, and to show others the way of life and hope. You can also look, so not only in the, in the sense of chronological, you know, how in ter terms of time, but you can also look at it in terms of blessings, right? Like, why does this person who enters the kingdom have all of these blessings and all of this, uh, seem, things seem to be so easy for them, or, or they have so many talents and abilities and, and gifts and seem to be... Um, blessed with so much, and why am I seem to be, you know, uh, not as much? It's like, don't be envious of the Lord's generosity. Be thankful for what you have. God is not unfair. God is, yeah, it, God will, God will reward us all for the things that we've done. We read that just the other day, right? Not a single thing that we ever, ever give up for the Lord. Not a house, not a car, not a a relative, not a position, not a situation, nothing we ever give up um, will be forgotten. It will be uh, repaid a hundred times over in the, in the life to come because that's the generosity of our Lord. So we should be grateful anytime someone comes into the kingdom. We should be like uh, a reminder from the prodigal son. We should be the older brother who is excited when the younger brother comes home. It is this. This is this story is uh, has some parallel themes to the prodigal son story, right? Um, the person who comes late is those latecomers are kind of like the prodigal sons, right? Those that work all day long are kind of like the older brother. Similar feelings, like what? Why do they get the same thing I get? Because God's gracious. He's kind. He's loving. Hmm.
Verse 17, now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took the twelve aside and said to them, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised to life. So Jesus here is predicting his, uh, what is going to happen to the Son of Man, which is, of course, him. Jesus, Son of Man is Jesus' preferred self-designation. He calls himself the Son of Man uh, more than anything else. Rather than uh, Messiah or Lord or God, he often refers to himself as Son of Man. Um, and here he's going to Jerusalem, and on the way he's basically telling his disciples, this is what's going to happen. We're going to Jerusalem, but you know things are going to get rough. Things are going to turn. Uh, you're going to be surprised by what you see. Uh, turned over to the hands of chief priests and religious leaders, and uh, Son of Man is going to be condemned, condemned to death and even crucified. But on the third day we'll rise again. But they didn't hear that. They couldn't quite hear that. They, didn't, they couldn't hear rise again because the uh, the idea of him being uh, beaten and flogged and crucified was, whoa, way too much. And the concept of resurrection from the light, resur resurrection from the dead, it just was not a category they were used to. They weren't. They didn't know that category. That was an unknown category. They were not expecting that. They didn't. That was not in the realm of possibility. Verse twenty. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. Jesus, Jesus, can you do me a solid? Hey, Jesus, can you do me a solid? What is it you want? He asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may see, sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your kingdom. So she's requesting that her sons, her boys, hey, Jesus, can my boys, my boys, uh, they're good boys, Jesus, they're good boys. I know, you know, they had their moments, you know what I'm saying? They had their moments throughout this journey, but uh, all in all, Jesus, they're, they're good boys. They're good boys. And so uh, I was just wondering if it'd be all right uh, if when you come into your kingdom, because it looks like you're going somewhere, you're heading back to Jerusalem, so you're probably going to, you know, set up your kingdom because, you know, I see the crowds, and, uh, you know, a lot of people said my boys weren't ever going to amount to anything, but I see they they picked the right one with you, Jesus. And so, uh, so uh, if you would put them uh, if not too much to ask, if you would put them on your left and on your right, whoo, I'd love to see Sarah's face when when they see when she sees my boys on the left and on the right. You know, Sarah always she always she always was wondering about my boys, but boy, I'd love to see her face, Jesus, when they she sees you my boys on the right and on the left of you and your kingdom. So if you, not that it's about that, the Lord, not that it's about that, just uh, if it ain't too much trouble. Uh, I just want to get a word in here to to have those spots for my boys, if that's all right. <laughs> if it's all right, Lord, I, my, I would like my boys to my boy to play shortstop and he, he, if he could pitch, the other one could pitch. One plays short and the other one pitch when you set up your team, Jesus. I don't I don't mean to I don't mean to ask for too much, but um, if you could. 
Um, you know, <laughs> just when you say, you know, when you put your nine players out there, if you could put my son at pitch one pitching and one uh, at short, that would be great. Verse 22, you don't know what you're asking. Hmm. Jesus said to them. It's interesting that Jesus says to them, because he's like, I know you all, y'all all up to this. This ain't just your mama. It's like, y'all all up to this. You, both you boys and your mom, y'all all up to this. You don't know that, you don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? Do you really understand what you're asking to sit uh, to my left and to my right? I'm going to the cross. I just told you I'm, I'm going to be crucified. Do you really want your boys to sit uh, on the cross to the left of me and to the right of me? Because that's what it means to install my kingdom. I'm going to, you know, my kingdom is going to come in power uh, through my death and resurrection. And do you really want your, your boys? You can't drink the cup that I'm going to drink. They said, we can. And Jesus said to them, it shifts gears a little bit, right? You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom the Father, those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. Mm. So he says, you're going to drink the cup. You're going to suffer, in other words. You're going to suffer for the kingdom. Uh, you're going to drink the cup of suffering. Um, but to sit in places of power somehow uh, elevated above others, uh, equal with me, that's not, that's not going to happen. Um, and to, to, to have assigned seats in the kingdom, that's not, that's not for me to uh, grant, Jesus says. Um, when the ten heard about this, they were indignant. Yeah, they were mad because they, they didn't ask. They didn't ask first. They were mad because they didn't ask first. They were like, Mom, why didn't you, why didn't you speak up for us, Mom? Oh, man. Yeah, whatever. But um, they were indignant with the two brothers, the sons of Zebedee. They were mad at them. And Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Wow. Man, there's so much power in that. There's so much power in that. Jesus says, so you got these disciples, they're jockeying for position, and they think, they're think they thinking power in terms of the world. Like, I want this spot. I want this spot. I want to be at this, this place. I want to be elevated. I want to be, you know, up front. I want to be... You know, I want the places of power. And Jesus is like, that's how the Gentiles, that's how the world works. The world works with uh, that sort of power structure, but that's not how it is in the kingdom. That's not how it is. This, the strongest, um, the, um, the greatest are those who wash other people's feet, who serve others. There was, that reminds me of a scene. I, I don't know if you guys have seen Jesus' Revolution. It, I, I don't know if it's even still in theater. They were wrapping it up, but... Christy and I went to see it last week, and there's a beautiful scene. So the Jesus Revolution is about the Jesus movement in the 
in the, uh, the around 1970, late 60s, early 70s. And uh, the great revival that happened among, particularly among hippies, but kind of swept the United States. And there's this beautiful scene with Chuck, uh, Chuck Smith, his church. He's the sort of buttoned up pastor uh, where, you know, uh, Lonnie Frisbee, a hippie, traveling hippie shows up at his church. And, uh, you know, uh, Chuck Smith has to decide whether he's going to let these people in or not. They're so different than the, than the, uh, the rank and file members of his church. You know, they're, they, they're all buttoned up like he is, you know, coat tie buttoned up, you know, kind of very conservative in every way. And, um, but long story short, he, he, you know, he, he does let them in. He invites them in and he has to make a decision, right? Because some of the old guard is not, they don't, they're not going to, they don't, they are not going to like uh, this. And they don't, as is portrayed in the movie, they don't like these, you know, <laughs> younger, unkempt, foul smelling people coming into the church. But there's this beautiful scene where, um, and I don't know if, it, I don't know if it was historically accurate or not, but it was a beautiful scene in the movie where, um, uh, Chuck Smith had made up his mind that, you know, yes, um, I, you are welcome here. If you are hurting, if you are broken, if you are disappointed, if you are filled with fear and anxiety, you are welcome. Um, and so the next di- next Sunday at church, he's he meets them. There's a line of people waiting to get into the church. And at the entrance of the church is uh, Chuck Smith down on a knee with a basin of water. And he's washing each of the, that's moving really. He's washing each of the, um, the kids' feet as they come in. These hippies that are so different than him, but he's washing their feet. Um, I don't know if that was historically accurate or not, but that was a beautiful portrayal of what it means to be in the kingdom. You want to be great, you've got to be the least. You got to be willing to take up the the basin and towel. You got to be able to you got to be willing to be unseen and unknown and unrecognized. You got to work for more than just stars on a board or or whatever else. You just got to be able to you got to be willing to serve like Jesus did, who the our master came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Um that's he's he set the example for us. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like in the uh, in the kingdom of God. Verse twenty nine. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, "Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us!" The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Man, that's a good prayer, right? Sometimes we just got to pray, Lord, have mercy on me. Nothing wrong with that prayer. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Hmm. Isn't that all of our prayers, really? Jesus, we want to see, you know? We want to see. We want to see the kingdom. We want to see uh, what is real, what is true. We want to. We want to see past lies and falsities. Um, we want to see. We want to see you, Lord, and in, in your glory and in your power, 
We want to see you so that we can um, know you more. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight and followed him. Man, when you see him, you can't hardly not follow him. <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's that's not only for those born physically blind, that's for all of us. When you see him, when you see, it's 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 nearly impossible not to follow. So, so I pray that our eyes are open, that we see and um and draw ourselves uh closer to the Lord. Um great reminder today from the word of God. You know, that God is generous, that He is gracious, that we should be, whenever we enter the kingdom, whether we enter it as a, as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, as a middle-aged person or a senior adult or on our deathbed, and it's just, it's just a beautiful thing when we can enter into the kingdom. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing for others, and we can celebrate it no matter when it happens. And we don't need, we don't need to be envious or jealous because God's, uh, God is not a God of scarcity. He's a God of abundance. And so we, sometimes we think, if someone gets something, that means I don't get it. No, not with God's economy. <laughs> not with God's economy. It never, it never runs out. It never runs out. And um, yeah, Lord, uh, help, us, uh, help us to see. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for my friends and the privilege that we have to gather and read your word together. And the Spirit of God that is here with me is also with my friends in every place where they are, whether they're at home or out on their bicycle or jogging or at the office or in the commute to work. Lord, you're there with them as you are with me. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to open our eyes, help us to see to see better, to see clearer. Thank you for what you have to reveal to us, that we've seen Jesus and we've seen his beauty and his majesty, and we've chosen to follow him. God, help us to see him more. Lord, we want our sight. We want to see clearly. And so, um, so we surrender our hearts to you afresh today. We take up our cross. We follow you. We choose to serve and to uh, follow your lead in service to others. God, may your blessing be upon my friends today. May you encourage them, strengthen them. Whatever special obstacles or trials or adversities they're facing, Lord, may you give them a special uh, portion of your strength and power today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. Thank you, my friends, for uh, being online today, spending some time in God's Word. Thank you for sharing this. Uh, taking time to share this feed and for all your comments and all your feedback, the likes, the help encouraging each other. I love it. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll be back at it tomorrow, as I said, with Mark chapter 10. And uh, we'll continue our journey through the New Testament. You are the you guys are the best. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. 
You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.